0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I just want to take a second to say how thankful I am for everyone who listens to this podcast and who reaches out and shares what they're learning from it. It really means a lot. I also want to mention that I want to get to know you guys who are listening. Um, whether this is the first episode you've ever listened to or you listen to all of them or anywhere in between, so there's a link in my bio that has a connect with me tab. So if you click on that, I put a little Google form that you guys can fill out with prayer requests, questions, suggestions, or just general thoughts and comments. So if you fill that out, I will be able to connect with you all a little better, uh, which I think will be really fun. So today on the podcast, we have Marnie Day, who is one of my mentors from back home and who I look up to like a second mom and we have a really cool conversation about prayer and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. So let's get into the episode. Hey Miss Day, welcome to the podcast. You have been such a huge mentor in my life and I'm beyond thankful for you and I'm just so excited to get to sit down with you today.
1: Well thank you for having me here today Kira. Um, I really enjoy listening to your podcast I think that you talk about real things and you have people that are super authentic on your podcast and I think that's I think that's super effective so
0: thanks for having me thank you so the first question I have to ask you is in the past year what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself and the biggest thing you've learned about God
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that I've learned about myself in the past year is that um, certain things that I have allowed to, um, for lack of a better word, die or go to sleep. um, And I thought I'd lost those parts of me forever. Like God is awakening them again. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, like having a sense of adventure and wanting to travel and things like that. I think somewhere along the lines, I bought into the lie that a single middle-aged woman can't have those desires and God is awakening those in Mm. me again. So I'm excited about that.
0: That's really cool.
1: And I think the biggest thing that I'm really learning about God is um, I think he's really showing me I'm focusing on his character of he is a good father. Mm. So um, I think when I'm in something and I'm praying for something or I'm going through something and it's okay, but it isn't good yet. I hold on to the fact that God isn't done with it because if it's not good, then God's not done with it. So that's
0: what I've been learning about his character. That's really good. So when I think of you, I think of a lot of things, but one of the biggest things that comes to mind is how much of a prayer warrior you are. And what I mean by that is you are the person that I know if I need a prayer request or if any of my family or friends need prayer, you're on it. And one specific example that comes to my mind is this past summer, my cousin was in a really bad jet ski accident and we were worried that he was gonna lose his leg. And my family reached out to you and asked you to pray for him. And I'm not sure you've ever even met him, but you were up in the middle of the night praying over him. And I think that's just a beautiful picture of who you are. And I think prayer is one of the most important things that we can do. And I think it's often overlooked and not taken seriously enough. But the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. And we know that it's important because of how much the Bible talks about it. And we're commanded to pray continually. So how did you learn the importance of prayer in your own walk? Like, is that something that's always been a big part of your Christian walk? Or is that something that you realize the importance of later on? Yeah, that's a
1: really great question. I think um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but started my relationship with Jesus when I was eight and um, went to a small church and the people there modeled prayer for me, but it was the basics, pray before you go to sleep and pray over your meal Mm -hmm. and things like that. And then um, in high school and college, I I think I lived a pretty lukewarm Christian faith, Mm -hmm. trying to live in the world and be of the world and still trying to serve the Lord. And then, um, I got married out of college and my marriage was um, toxic for lack of a better word. And that is when I really started seeking the Lord and, um, asking him for wisdom and guidance and companionship and all of those things. And then I think having children is Mm -hmm. really what can bring a person to their knees. Um, raising children is, is hard. I knew I wanted to raise my children in a Christian home and I didn't know how to do that. So I felt like God was my partner and Mm -hmm. I needed to seek him to be able to do that.
0: That's Um, really cool. So I think to give a little background on where you've come from and kind of how you've gotten to where you are now, it would be great to hear a little bit of your story. So can you share as much as you're comfortable sharing just your personal testimony and what has kind of brought you to where you're at with the Lord and with prayer today?
1: Yeah, of course. I have a crazy testimony. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, God's faithfulness in my testimony is overwhelming. And so, um, as I talked about, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And at the age of eight, I asked my mom, I walked into the kitchen and said, hey, you want to know about Jesus? And mm-hmm. I truly feel like God was calling me into relationship with him. And she sent me to church with her sister and their family and um i fell in love with jesus and um everything about him and his church and um but again like i said was living like this double-minded life didn't really have anybody mentoring me like guiding me and um got married out of college and it was not a marriage based on jesus and it was hard
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: um After five years, I got divorced, and I had two children under the age of three, and that was crazy, and just watched the Lord provide for me in that, and praying, and being my everything, and then met a really cool guy at church, and fell in love, and he was my best friend, and Mm -hmm. we did ministry together, and um, raised our kids together, and then um, after about 15 years, um, infidelity, like, Mm -hmm. entered into our marriage, and it wrecked me and it wrecked my kids and I still thought God was gonna heal my marriage and um, that didn't happen Mm -hmm. Uh, so I started going to a Christian therapist thinking boy I I don't even know how to function and so uh, while I was going to therapy um, I discovered the fact that I had been molested Mm -hmm. as a child um, by my paternal grandfather and so um, it was just kind of a lot to deal with and I think the Lord um, was allowing me to go through some deep sanctification. Mm. And in those times, it is when my own children will say that God became real to them. Like Mm. they were raised in the church, we were youth pastors, they were always in church. But just watching me cry out to God and watching God uh, provide for us financially, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually is is when everything became real. And so, um, yeah, I think I look at who I am today and I think I am who I am today because of the grace of God. So it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I agree The faithfulness of God is so evident in your testimony and it's really cool. I think it can be really encouraging for other people to hear a story like that. So moving back to prayer Philippians 4 6 is a verse that a lot of us know and have heard a lot but it says do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God and I believe that anxiety is one of the biggest things that people struggle with especially in today's world with how demanding and busy the world that we live in is but the Bible tells us right here that we don't need to be anxious and the way that we avoid that is through prayer and through thanksgiving So when you've been in anxious seasons, how has turning to prayer helped?
1: Yeah, I think that I've had different stages of anxiety. I've had debilitating anxiety um, where I didn't even know how to pray. And just the only thing I could do was cry out to Jesus Mm -hmm. and just say his name over and over and over again. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had social anxiety which i never experienced before and just have had to ask the lord to um cover me in that situation and push through and then i've walked with people in all Mm -hmm. stages of anxiety but i think um i think the biggest thing is is understanding that you don't have control over anything i think Mm -hmm. a lot of our anxiety comes from the situation where we don't feel like we have control. I'm not a therapist. I've been to a lot of therapy, but I just think our worlds are feeling out of control. And I think that's, we buy into the lie that we ever have control over anything. Yeah. And we don't like God is in control and he is sovereign. We have free will and we can make free choices. But um I think when you're in the midst of an anxiety attack or a panic attack to just start praising God for who he is. Mm. And I think, reminding yourself that he is for you that he is in control um writing scriptures down memorizing scripture being vulnerable with people and saying I'm struggling with anxiety I'm walking through this and just being able to call someone at two o'clock at night or text them and say look I'm struggling right now my mind is racing can you just pray over me I just I think that anxiety is real and sometimes people need to take medication to work through it and get to the point where they can figure out where the anxiety is coming from. Yeah. But I mean, even Paul, who talks so much about not being anxious, the fact that he talks about it so much, we can we can take away from it that he struggled with it. So right. even in your anxiety, like God is going to use you and use that for good. So, yeah. yeah,
0: that's really good. That's funny you brought that up. I was listening to a worship song by Maverick City this morning and, you know, they do like in the middle, they'll start talking about yes. random things. Um, But the girl was talking about how they did a study a few years ago um, on anxiety, and they found that anxiety and gratitude could not exist in the brain at the same time. And I think that is just so cool to think about, like when we're in those moments turning to praise the Lord and thank him for all that he's given us and all that he's done for us is super cool. Yeah, it's
1: good.
0: Uh, At least from my own experience, I've found that one of the hardest things about prayer is it can feel really overwhelming and like we don't know where to start sometimes. And I know I've felt that way in the past and I know a lot of people feel that way. So I was hoping you could share a little bit about what your prayer life looks like in the day to day.
1: Yeah. So I didn't get here, you know, just from one day waking up and saying, I want to have this amazing prayer life. (laughs) It came from having a deep desire to know God more. And I think that's important. And I think when I, in my early twenties, I was invited to go to a Bible study and it was on prayer. And the lady um, encouraged us to, while we were doing the Bible study, every time we prayed to like be on our knees. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And um, I, ha- I have no knees. Left from playing sports. And so (laughs) I couldn't get on my knees. Like I would just, it would hurt so bad. So I found myself laying literally face down in the carpet. Mm. And a crazy thing happened during that eight week Bible study. Like God became God. Mm. And I took my lowly place as who I was. And I think we need a big God. I don't need a genie in a bottle. Mm. I don't need someone who going to give me what I want every time I ask for it and so I know that sounds ridiculous but I would just encourage anybody who's like my prayer life is stale or I'm not really seeing God uh, capable and big enough to answer the things that I need mm. to lay flat out in the carpet and just talk to him yeah. and let him be God and let you take your position as to who you are so that was one thing yeah. that i did and then i think the other thing is um i do have a really solid case of adhd and um when i was trying to like transform my prayer life my mind would just it was like squirrel right like i would be like praying and then i think of something and then like i realized like Oh my yeah. gosh, I'm planning my dinner. Like, what <laughs> am I doing? And it was just, but like three minutes. And I'm like, this is, like, I'm an adult. I've been through college. Why can I not focus? So something I started doing, which I still do today, is I would write out my prayers. Mm-hmm. And um, I always start with praising God for who he is, not for what he's done. Yeah. Because if God does not do a single thing for me from now until the, my last breath, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for me and made it so I could spend eternity in heaven and so I always start with praising God for who he is and then thanking him Mm. and then presenting my requests and my requests for others and then ending with just like talking to him I literally would just like do this dialectical journal with him and talk and it became so powerful for me because I could go back and I could read what I had asked the Lord for and seen his faithfulness. I remember, um, I heard someone, I think it was maybe Charles Stanley said something like one of the greatest tools of the enemy is that he dulls our senses. Like Mm. he, he dulls our memory. So like, I don't know if you've ever asked God to do something amazing, but one of the biggest prayers I've ever prayed, um, and longest prayers is I have prayed for both of my children to find spouses that mm-hmm. are madly in love with Jesus. And I remember my daughter's wedding day was one of the happiest days of my life because there was just so much the Lord had done in that. Yeah. And I don't ever want to forget that. Yeah. So when I go back and read a journal from when she's 10 years old and mm-hmm. I see that I've been asking God for this man and he's faithful in that. So I think writing down your prayers and just learning to talk to God, just like yeah. you would yourself. Like our prayers are love language. Our It's our relationship tool with the Lord, just yeah. like you and I have a friendship and we talk.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I talk to you differently than I talk to your mom, who is my friend. And yeah. so like, what's my, what's my love language with the father? Yeah. So I think doing those kinds of things um and then giving yourself grace for, you know, mm-hmm. when you, when you, Don't make progress and things like that. But um, now I wake up in the morning and I have a a four snooze prayer time with the Lord. (laughs) So when my alarm goes off at 445, I thank God and I just I just thank him for another day. And then I start to go through my schedule for with him. Like, okay, I have this meeting today and I have this and I'm meeting with this student. And then I ask him, Lord, just be in that with me, just walk with me in that, like, have your way, like, Lord, I don't know if you ever do this, but a lot of times when I pray, like I tell God how he needs to solve the problem Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he just must just laugh and say, Oh, Marnie, you're so good. That's so (laughs) cute that you feel like you need to give me the playbook. Right. (laughs) And so I just really invite him into my day. And then, um, I almost every day, this is weird, but I have people text me in the middle of the night and ask me to pray for things, so I petition those to the Lord. Yeah. And then um, on the fourth one, I just thank him for everything, his faithfulness, and that I get up. And then um, I think when you're old, like I am, and you've done this a lot, I think I just kind of walk around with an attitude of prayer like I do weird things so if I'm walking and there's an old lady in front of me and she has like arthritis or something and she's bent over like I will just start praying out loud for God to heal her like it's just a part of who I am now yeah and so and then at night I have to write out my prayers or I'll fall asleep and thank him for the way that he's met me in those things yeah and all the things that he's he's done that I didn't even ask him for so that's what my prayer life looks like during the day.
0: That is so cool. Uh, how has that prayer routine changed your relationship with God?
1: Oh, um, he is, God is my go-to. He is my everything. He is my, when something exciting at work happens, like I can't wait to tell the father, even Mm -hmm. though he already knows it. Like I can't wait to go to him. And, um, I have a very deep intimate relationship with God. And um because I've known him since I was 8 years old, I think the only other person that's been in my life more longer than that is my mother. Yeah. And so he's and he knows the parts of me that even my mom doesn't know. Yeah. And so I just yeah, it's just given me a deep intimate relationship with him.
0: That's so awesome. There are a lot of promises in the Bible about prayer and how God is faithful to answer a couple Examples of that, First John 5.14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And Jeremiah 29.12 says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. So what are some specific prayer requests over the years that you've prayed and seen God answer? What are some of those specific miracles that have come from your faithful prayers?
1: Um, well... My children's spouses are Mm -hmm. one. They're huge, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen people physically healed from things that I think some people would probably believe that that was not an actual thing. I've seen physical healing. I've Mm
0: -hmm.
1: prayed with moms for over years and years and years for prodigal children to come home. Mm -hmm. I've prayed for broken marriages. I've prayed for children to be born. have a dear friend from a school that I used to work at, and she had a baby that was diagnosed with a severe cleft palate while mm-hmm. she was in her stomach. And we would fast and pray every Monday. And when she was born, there was nothing wrong with wow. her. So I think those kinds of things are um, some of the things that I have been had the privilege of seeing answered. But as I get older. I think I'm just as thankful for the things that God does not answer. Mm-hmm. I can answer your question, Kara, with, <laughs> I've prayed this last year for God to heal people, and he didn't heal them this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. They're in heaven. I have a woman in my life who I've been praying with for two years for God to give her a child in her womb, and it still hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've prayed for situations in my life, and, and it has not come to fruition. And I think the key to praying and being in a relationship with God is, again, he's not Santa Claus. He's not a <laughs> genie. We praise him because he sees big picture and we see small picture. Yeah. And so I've probably prayed as many things that have not gone answered the way I want as well as the ones that have. I think the verse that you shared with uh, 1 John 5, 14, according to his will, mm-hmm. like God is such a good Papa that he prioritizes our prayers. Like yeah. we pray for something. And he says, yeah, sweet baby girl, Marnie, because that's what he tells me sometimes. <laughs> um, I know you think this is what you want, but if you have that, then all of this is is gonna be out of order and yeah. things like that. So he not, it's just like a parent, Yeah. you know, my child would like a brand new car when they're 16 and that just isn't in our budget. So it doesn't happen. So I think we have to look at prayer as not just a way to get things from God, but to be in deep relationship with him and trust him again. It goes back to like, he is God and we are not. Yeah. And he sees the long ball and we see the short stick and it's like, I trust you. Do I trust you? Yes, I trust you.
0: Yeah yeah, I think it can often seem like God isn't listening because, like you said, he doesn't answer our prayers how we want it or maybe how we expected. But I think that is so big on God's timing because his timing is different than our own. And a lot of times we pray for something and feel like it should be answered already or um, whatever. But I think we can get frustrated or misinterpret that as an unanswered prayer, maybe, but God's never ignoring us, and he does hear us. and we do still walk through seasons of frustration so when you get discouraged in your prayer life um and feel like god isn't listening or if you do how do you navigate that and push through those seasons
1: well i think spending a lot of time in the psalms and looking at Mm -hmm. david i mean david was i mean god loved david yeah and david does a lot of complaining and whining and calling out to God and saying, where are you? And I think that's a great model for us that God's okay with that. Like, it's okay. Like, God doesn't want to have like some fake relationship with you. Tell him, like, I'm so hurt. I'm so broken. I'm so frustrated. I'm so this, where are you, God? Where are you, God? Where are you, God? Um, But I think to combat the discouragement pieces, you have to really understand the character of God. And in order to do that, you have to be in his word. Like, do you believe God is sovereign? Do you believe he is for you? Do you believe in your heart of hearts that if he wanted to, he could take like Big Bear Mountain and put it in the back bay of Newport just because, yes.
0: Mm. Do you
1: believe God could heal a leg? Do you believe God can bring you a spouse? Do you believe? Yes, I do believe that. And I think, you know, surround yourself with people that are constantly telling you the character of God and trust him that he is for you. And so, um, I I don't really get discouraged. My heart breaks for people when they don't God isn't answering. I think I go back to that woman who's trying to have a baby and I'm like, God, where are you? I don't know that, you know, and people often say, Oh, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna ask God this and Mm. I'm like, Really? The first thing you're gonna do is get to heaven (laughs) is complain to God? I think I'm gonna fall face down, you know, and just worship Jesus for the first two hundred and fifty years, but okay. (laughs) Go up there and, and write your complaint to him but I just think that um, yeah you just have to understand that he is God and he's loving and he's for you you know I think about I'm 55 years old I'm single I've been married twice I would love to be married again and I know so many women in my life that with Mm -hmm. young girls or whatever like I want a husband but here's what I know Kira if I would be in a better place right now in my ministry in my walk with the Lord in my effectiveness for his kingdom, if I had a a mate with me right now that loved God with all his heart, I would be married. Like he does not withhold good things. Mm. And so people that are waiting, people that are desperate, people that are like, he does not delay. His timing is perfect. And um, it will happen or it won't. But I just know that I'm in the best place that I'm supposed to be.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? That's so good. I think – it just brings so much peace and assurance when you can finally actually believe that and not just know it. Because I think knowing is obviously so different from believing and I've known that God loves me my whole life, but I think now I believe it and I understand it in a new way, which is really cool. Yeah. Okay, one other thing that I wanna touch on before we wrap up is praying out loud and praying in front of other people and for other people. I think that can be really intimidating either by yourself or in a group setting and it can be a little bit scary at first. Um, but what would you say to people who are feeling this way?
1: Well, I think it's just like everything else that we're nervous about when we first start doing it. And I think practice is one thing. And I think a great place to start is start praying out loud Mm -hmm. in your bedroom with the father. You know, um, I love the fact that my son just had a baby and he's like, he's like, 10 days old and he's like now I remember now I know why you're constantly I used to think you were crazy (laughs) you're always walking around like Jesus come Jesus this Jesus that and I think just talking out loud to the father and I think also just um remembering that God is not impressed by your prayers like we Mm -hmm. pray in front of people to edify the Father. And um Matthew 6, 5 says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Mm-hmm. That's not what God calls us to. Like yeah. God is constantly telling us to come to him, like faith like a child, faith like a child. And those childlike prayers are, you know, some of the the sweetest ones I've ever heard. Yeah. And then I think when I think of someone where I'm like, wow, like that person I really uh, just when they pray it has nothing to do with their words or their Christianese or the, you know, verbiage they use, but it's the faith that they pray with. Yeah. And so I think I would just encourage you to do that. Just step out in faith, practice by yourself and, um, you know, just pray with faith. I think that sometimes when we pray in groups, you're not, you didn't ask about this, but I just think that like, I remember sitting in church circles and praying and we're praying for a miracle. And in my head, I'm like, that's never going to happen. I'll pray with you, but I don't, I don't believe that's going to happen. And I just, um, I think that I love the story of the man in the Bible, whose child, this, his son was possessed by demons and it was so bad that the demon would throw the kid in the fire and whatever. And Jesus brings his son to the, I mean, the dad brings the son to Jesus and Jesus says, and the man says, you know, Lord, if you can heal my son. And Jesus rebukes him and says, if. Mm -hmm. And the man responds and says, Lord, help my unbelief. But then what happens is insanely beautiful because Jesus heals his son. So God's, our amount of faith does not affect God's ability to heal somebody, nor does God say like, Oh, like your prayer is not right or it's not edifying you're not using the right terms therefore I'm not going to you know answer your prayer he just wants to be in relationship with you yeah so I don't know I think that that's it'll happen just keep doing it
0: yeah that's really good I remember I used to be kind of uncomfortable when I would do that but I remember one time I was driving to Santa Barbara which is like a two and a half hour drive and I was by myself and I just started praying out loud and it was the first time I'd ever done that like by myself. And I was like, this is so weird. Like I was aware that it felt weird, but I think doing that over time, like now it's the most natural thing I ever do, but it's really cool. I think just doing it and being uncomfortable. That's like, that's okay. Yeah. So like I said before, prayer is something that people don't always know how to go about. So What advice would you give to someone who struggles with feeling like they don't know how to pray? And then also, what advice would you give to develop a prayer life and make it a more consistent part of your life?
1: Yeah, I think. Surround yourself with people that like to pray out loud, like you play a sport. And, and sometimes it's not the people that are super attractive to you, like in the sense that I just remember like being in Bible studies with really old women, like they're probably as old as I am now, (laughs) but like, why am I in a Bible study with these people? They don't, I can't relate to them at all, but just the wisdom and the way they would pray would model for me. Mm -hmm. So like you wouldn't go to someone to coach you. That's 14 years old that has played, you know, less years than you, like you're gonna go. So I think mentoring is a big thing and surrounding yourself with people that have that prayer life. But I also think like like check your heart and be like, why do I want to have a good prayer life? Is it so that I can stand on the street corner and impress people with my my prayers or Am I wanting to have a deep relationship with the Lord? And then I think, ask the father. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when I wanted, I used to read the Bible and it made absolutely no sense to me. And I was like, this is something that God wants for me. Yeah. God wants you to have an intimate prayer life. So go to him and say, show me, show me your way, help me. Yeah. And he's He's going to be like, yes, finally. Yes, this is what I wanted from you. Yes, you're making yeah. that step. And, and he's going to be in it with you. So I think... um. Take baby steps, write out your prayers, like keep track of the things that he answers and yeah. and and continue to seek the character in the heart of God. You know, yeah. I think those are really good things.
0: That's really good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was such a pleasure to get to sit down and talk with you. And I really do look up to you so much.
1: Thank you, Kira. That was fun.
0: Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you did, please share with a friend and head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a rating and a review. Hope you have a great week.